it's uh oh it's just you wonder why we have the details here okay here we go all right, so uh, anyway, remember your Bible, I'll, while we're waiting on this to come up, uh, laid out beautifully the history, Genesis, beginnings, that's what that book means, uh, all the way to Revelation, which would be history going forward. So beautiful that our Bible is historical. That's what it is, it's a historic book. Okay, we just finished, uh, look, here we go, look at verse 33, this is Second Samuel fourteen thirty-three. So Joab, that was his cousin too, he's the general of the army, he told the king, that's David, what Absalom had said. Then at last David summoned Absalom. Remember, he'd been banished because... Say banished, whatever. He, Absalom killed one of David's other sons, but that was because that guy Ammon had raped Tamar. He was mad about it. You know. Anyway, and he bowed low before the king and David kissed him. Okay, everything's wonderful. Everything's wonderful. Yeah, buddy. Why do we have these stories? Now watch this. Notice Absalom then. See, it's history. So you don't wait and read this 10 years later. Here we are. 2 Samuel 15. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15. Remember, 1 Samuel starts out with Samuel. He's just a baby. Well, he's not even born. He can't even be born because his mother's barren. But something happened. Samuel was named Samuel because what? It was meant asked of God. Praise the Lord. God, I asked for a child and God got me one. Praise the Lord. 17th chapter, David shows up. Actually, 16th chapter. He's out in the back feeding the sheep, whatever. David kills Goliath in the 17th chapter. And here we are all the way to 2 Samuel 15. Absalom then. Now notice what this turkey does. Now what's interesting about this. Remember this is, this is, this is a history book. It's not, it was never intended to be a spiritual book. It was just not what we think. It's a history book because our God is not a myth and a legend. It is re- He's real. He's real. So we get spiritual things out of it. But watch this. Good grief. Absalom then, watch what he's up to. He bought a magnificent BMW or a Lexus or a town car and chariot horses and hired 50. Where did he get the money? He's a king's kid's prince. 50 footmen to run ahead of him. God, toot your own horn. He got up early every morning, went out to the gate of the city, and when everyone came to bring a case to the king, that's his dad, Absalom called him over. What a hypocrite. And expressed interest in the problem. Oh, yes, I see. Yeah, here's what he says. He would say, I can see that you're right in this matter. It's unfortunate that the king... Oh, man. Yeah, but see, Richard, this is the reason I have trouble. Because people are out to get me. Do what David did. You'll never be in trouble. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not going to find one thing in here where David caught wind of this. And he went over there and smacked his little boy on the, on the bottom. Mm-mm. I can see you're right in this matter. It's unfortunate the king doesn't have anyone to assist him in here in these cases. I surely wish I were the judge. Then anyone with a lawsuit could come to me and I'd give him justice. Yeah, you are just a politician. You're, oh, I'll give you free health care. I'll give you this. I'll pay off your college debts. All right. And when everyone came to bow to him, Absalom wouldn't let, oh, no, no, don't do that. But he shook his hand. Yeah, kissed the babies. So in this way, Absalom stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. Well, see, Richard, that's just it. See, we start to thinking there is no God. Everybody's against me. Oh, it's, not God. it's not about who has the biggest pocketbook. It's not about anything but you and Jesus. Watch David get out of this. And this one is terrible. Look what happens here. After four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron to sacrifice. Let's see. My, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me go to Hebron to, uh, he told his dad. To sacrifice to the Lord in fulfillment of a vow, vow I made to him while I was at Geshur. That if he wouldn't bring me back to Jerusalem, I would sacrifice to him. In other words, he was kidding his dad. Oh yeah, I love the Lord. 
And I know when we were in disagreement and all that, it's past now, I made a vow, you know, yeah, right. Okay, David, that's King David told him, go fulfill your vow. Absalom went to Hebron. Look what he's going to do. But while he was there, he sent spies to every part of Israel to incite a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the trumpets, his message read, you will, you will understand Absalom has been anointed as king. Now what's funny is, this is going to happen twice with another son. David's going to get out of both of them. But look how bad this one is. Absalom has been crowned king. Oh, no. He took 200 men from Jerusalem to be his guest, but they knew nothing of his intentions. While he was offering a sacrifice, he sent for Ahithophel. He's going to be an important guy later. He's just a secretary of defense or whatever. He's a counselor to the whatever president. One of David's, there it is, counselors who lived in Jehon, Jilah, whatever. Ahithophel declared for Absalom, uh, as, as did more and more others. So the conspiracy became very strong. A messenger soon arrived to Jerusalem to tell King David, Uh-oh, David, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. Now you know when you read the book of Psalms, it says, you know, all these people have risen up against me. You know, whatever. You know why David was saying all that stuff. Then, look what David says. Then we must flee for at once or it'll be too late, was David's insistent, instant response to his men. If we get out of the city before he arrives, no, yeah, if we get out before he arrives, both we and the city of Jerusalem will be saved. How can you be so confident? David knew. We're with you, his age replies. Do as you think is best. So the king and his household set out at once. They left no one except ten of his young wives to keep the palace in order. Well, how many did he have? It doesn't matter. He didn't leave them all. So he had ten plus something else. Do your algebra. Okay. David paused at the edge of the city to let his troops pass before him to lead the way. 600 Gittites who had come with him from Gath and the Cherethites. Look how many people were with him. Wow. Look at this. History, history, history. Where's the spiritual stuff? We just saw it right there. David said the Lord would get him out. Then suddenly the king turned to, this is David, he turned to Itiah, the captain of the 600 Gittites. Now watch this. This is praise God. What are you doing here? Go back with your men to Jerusalem, to your king. He was talking about his son Absalom. For you're a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. It seems but yesterday that you arrived, and now today, I sh- should I force you to wander with us? Who knows where? Go on back and take your troops with you. May the Lord, look at that, be merciful to you. He wasn't tagging this along to be politically correct. The Lord is with you, praise the Lord. Here we go, watch this. Oh, Italian replied, I vow by God and by your own life that wherever you go, I will go. Praise God. Nice to have friends like that. And you got them too. The Lord will make sure they're there. No matter what happens, whether it means life or death. Can you imagine that? You got people that are that strong to be your friends? Well, you do. If you can't name them, you got angels that are that way. Boy, they're with you. So David replied, all right, come go with us. Then Atiyah and his 600 men and families went along. Now think, the whole, the whole, the president's palace just emptied out. He was run out of office, basically. There was deep sadness throughout the city as the king and his retinue uh, passed by and crossed the Kidron book and they went into the country. Abathar and Zadok, hey, look at that, look at this. And the Levites, they took the Ark of the Covenant. What was that for? Carry it in front of you. Now notice what David's going to do. David's going to say, now send it back. But it was the presence of the Lord that helped them get where they need to be. Praise the Lord. They set it down beside the road until everyone had passed. Then following David's instructions, Zadok took the ark back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he'll bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. Praise God, and he will. But if he's through with me, well, let him do whatever he wants. 
David wasn't being wishy-washy here. He knew what was going on. Then the king told Zadok, look, here's my plan. This is David. Now watch this. Wow. Return quietly with your city, I mean, with, to the city with your son. You know, we'll just call him Al and whatever, Alan. Uh, Abathar's son, Jonathan. And I'll stop at the ford of the river and wait for a message from you. Let me know what happens in Jerusalem before I disappear in the wilderness. So Zadok and Abathar carried the ark of God back into the city and stayed there. David walked up the road that led to the Mount of Olives. Olives? Where have you heard that before? Real places. Now watch this. Weeping? Yeah. I mean, you're kidding. This is tough on him. As he went, his head was covered and his feet as a, as a, uh, were bare as a sign of mourning. And all the people who were with him, they covered their heads and they wept as they climbed the mountain. When someone told David that Ahithophel, his advisor, was backing Absalom. Look at this. Now watch how fast this goes. Don't you remember that Enoch? He lived to be, uh, he was 500 something years old or whatever. But anyway, after he had his son, such, such, you can read this in Genesis, uh, let's see, it'd be five, Genesis five. But anyway, he says the Lord took him. He didn't kill him. He took him. He disappeared. And he says, because he was in constant contact with the Lord. This is what we get with David. And we're getting all this practice in our own lives. You can't sit there and say that you're not in contact with the Lord. Now you could, if you want to, by your own unbelief, but I don't believe that's what's going on in this room. When you're behind closed doors, you're talking to the Lord. So here's what David does. He says, oh Lord, please give Ahithophel, <laughs> give Absalom foolish advice. Well, that's not Christian-like. Well, hey, wait a minute, it is too. His son's trying to kill him. Scramble his plans, Lord. As they reached the spot on top of the Mount of Olives where the people worship God, David found Hushai, the archite, waiting for him with torn clothes and earth upon his head. Now, look at all these people he's finding. This guy here was, uh, he was grieving. David said, if you go with me, uh, I'll, you will only be a burden. Return to Jerusalem and tell Absalom, I will counsel you as I did your father. Then you can frustrate and counter Ahithophel's advice. Zadak, Zadak and Abathar the priest are there. Tell them the plans that are being made to capture me. And they will send their sons, Ahamanaz, whatever, and Jonathan to find me and tell me what's going on. So anyway, David had just prayed that, this is so fantastic. David had just prayed, Lord, screw up his plans. And all of a sudden, whoop, here's a guy that used to counsel for the president or the king. And he says, hey, Hushai, go back. And whatever Ahithophel says, you change it. Say, no, nah, we shouldn't attack on Thursday. We ought to attack on Wednesday. Anyway, so David's friend Hushai returned to the city, getting there just before, yeah, Absalom got there. What a turkey. Just before Absalom arrived. Here we go, next chapter. Can't wait six months to read this. David was just past the top of the hill. Say, how could you read that ten years from now? He just topped the hill, okay? When Ziba, now who's that? No, wait, well, you get it. The manager of Mephibosheth's household. Mephibosheth. He was a little wounded kid that uh, he, his mother was running with him and he fell and he was crippled and he was one of Saul's grandkids. And David had promised to show Saul and his family kindness. Remember, David wouldn't kill King Saul. He was leading 200 donkeys. Look at this! I mean, just then, they climbed this, oh, oh my God, wish I could go to Richard's church where they got donuts and they got drinks. <laughs> you know, and they got, you know, uh, Bojangles biscuits. Here it is! Look at this. Don't you remember? No wonder David says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Watch what he says. He was leading 200 donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of, ra of grapes, and a small barrel of wine. What are these for? The king knew. See, Zeb had already found out. 
Zebra replied, these donkeys are for your people to ride on. Praise God. See, Zeba knew what was going on in that palace. Remember, the, remember King David's sons are with him, except for Absalom. And the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat. Wow. What's the wine for? Oh, please. We know what that is. And the wine is to be taken with you in the wilderness for anyone who becomes faint. Uh, where is Mephibosheth? The king asked. Now, boy, this is the truth. Look at this. Zeba said, he stayed in Jerusalem. He said, now I'll get to be king. What a bozo. Today I'll get back my kingdom from my father Saul. Oh, yeah, really. Look at this. Look what David says. In that case, the king told Zeba, I'd give you everything he owns. Buddy, it was a spread, man. It's probably 400 acre farm somewhere or bigger. David and his party passed Bahurim, a man out in the village cursing them. It was Shemiah, the son of Gerah, a member of Saul's family. Now, that's key. This guy was an old, you know, anti-David guy, like an anti-Trump person, never Trumper or whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, he's, he was a big believer in Saul. Okay. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the, all, and all the mighty warriors who surrounded them. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel. He shouted at David, the Lord's paying you back for murdering King Saul and his family. Whoa, 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 David never did that. Now, Joab did, but David didn't. You stole his throne, and now the Lord's given you, given it, uh, has given it to your son Absalom. At last, you'll taste some of your own medicine, you murderer. Now, David didn't say, well, I guess that's me. No, uh-uh. Why should this dead dog curse the Lord my king, Abishai? <laughs> I mean, man, Abishai could have thrown a rock and hit him right in the head. This, this guy was good. They all were. Let me go over there and, <laughs> and strike off his head. <laughs> no, the king says, if the Lord's told him to curse me, who am I to say so? Now, don't, don't stop there. Look what else he says about the Lord. My own son's trying to kill me, and this Benjamin is merely cursing me. Let him alone. No doubt the Lord's told him to do it, and perhaps the Lord will see that I'm being wronged and will bless me because of these curses. Well, that's what's going to happen. The Lord already knows it, but anyway. David said, let's leave him alone. So David and his men continued on. Boy, Shimei, that idiot, kept up pace with them, cursing as he went, throwing stones, tossing him in the air. Man, I tell you, Ben and I and all those guys, they were about had enough. The top 30? <laughs> you can imagine. Anyway, the king and all that were with him were weary by the time they reached Bahurim, and they stayed there a while and rested. Meanwhile, Absalom and his men, here we go. They got to Jerusalem. They accompanied by Athithophel, remember that counselor. When David's friend, here he is, Hushai, the archon, arrived. He immediately went to see Absalom. Absalom's going to say, hey, what are you doing here? You supported my dad. Long live the king, he said. Long live the king. <laughs> Is this the way to treat your friend David? Absalom asked him. Why aren't you with him? Oh, because I work for the man who's chosen by the Lord. So he was lying. And by Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why shouldn't I? I helped your dad, and now I'm going to help you. Then Absalom turned to Athithophel and said, hey, what do we do next? Athithophel said, Go and sleep with your dad's wives. This is, this is a spiritual book, isn't it? Well, let's go out and do likewise. Ah, come on. It's history, isn't it? For he's left them here to keep the house. Then all Israel will know you've insulted him beyond the possibility of reconciliation. And they will all close ranks behind you. You know, this is going to turn around by the next chapter. You know, what people, you know, the Bible says there is a way that seems right into the man, to a man, but it ends as the way of destruction. We all think, well, by God, this is the way it is. No, it's not. David's going to be back home by tomorrow night. Three days at least. Okay. So a tent was erected on the roof of the palace. Good grief. Where everyone could see it, and Absalom went into the tent, and he lied with his father's wives. 
Okay, buddy. Go to HBO. Watch it on TV. Man. Absalom did whatever Ahithophel told him, just as David had, had just, uh, just as David had. For every word of Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it came from directly from the mouth of God. All right, twenty years later, before we die, we read the next chapter. No, we're smart. We keep reading. Now Ahithophel said, "Hey, give me twelve thousand men, and we'll go after David tonight. I'll come upon him while he's worried and discouraged, and his troops will be overthrown into will thrown into a panic, and everyone will run away. And I'll kill only the king, and let all those who are with him live and restore him." Sound like a good plan? Ha! Remember, David had prayed that this would happen. Here it goes. Absalom and all the elders of Israel, they approved the plan. Yeah, let's go to it. But Absalom, no. But Absalom said, "Hey, uh, ask a Shushite the archite. Now, where did he come from? That was the Lord." Ask him what he thinks about this plan. Boy, it's going to be totally the opposite. Praise God. Was David on the wall here helping out? No, David just had a prayer. That's what we got. So when Hushai arrived, Absalom told him what uh, Ahithophel had said. What's your opinion, Absalom said. Should we follow Ahithophel's advice? If not, speak up. Now watch the cool things we see here. A lot of neat things. Well, Hushai replied, this time I think Ahithophel has made a mistake. You know your father and his men. Look at this statement. Now, remember how they got there? Jesus. They are mighty warriors. Praise God. You know, we're more than conquerors. Don't you remember the story? They attacked one time. They blew everybody out. And there was idols laid out in the field. And all David's men ran out there and grabbed them. And David ordered every one of them burned. Burn those idols. You don't need them idols. No, you need Jesus. Anyway. And he said, and, they're, uh, <laughs> and let's say, you know your father and his men. They're mighty warriors and are probably as upset as a mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs. And your father, look at this, is an old soldier and isn't going to be spending the night out in the fields. In other words, he's going to be in a cave. He'll probably be hidden up in some pit or cave. And when he comes out and attacks, look at this, look at this. He comes out and attacks a few of your, and a few of your young men fall. There'll be panic among your troops and everyone will start shouting that your men are being slaughtered. Wow. Then even the bravest of them, though they have hearts like lions, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows, look at this, what a mighty man your father is and how courageous his soldiers are. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. This book right here, Dustin knows, when you get down to the end of this, the last two chapters, that's where he lists all the mighty men. The top three, the top 30. Okay, and you know, when he goofed up with Bathsheba, if you want to call it that, you know, he was one of the top 30. Uriah the Hittite. Anyway, I su- this is what I suggest. You mobilize the entire army. Bring them as far away as Dan and Beersheba so that you will have a huge force. And I think you should personally lead the troops. <laughs> yes, suicide. That's good. Then we will find him and can destroy his entire army so that not one of them is left alive. And if David escapes in some city, you'll have the entire army of Israel there at your command and we can take him, blah, 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 blah. Boy, I tell you what, he was setting him up. And we'll drag down the walls of the city into the nearest valley and every stone, until every stone's torn, torn down. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel, they all said, hey, this is better advice. Look at that. There it is. For the Lord had arranged to defeat the council of the Thithophel. I would have figured that out because David had prayed. Yeah, really. Okay. Then Hushai reported to Zadok and Abathar. Remember, he ran over there and he texted them real quick. Hey, 
get this word of the king. David. And when Ahithophel had said what he had, look at it, what, what he himself suggested. Okay, anyway, back up. Then Hushai reported to Zadok and Abathar the priest what Ahithophel had said and what he himself had suggested. Quick, he told him, find David and urge him not to stay in the ford of the river of Jordan tonight. He must go across into the wilderness beyond, otherwise he'll die, his entire army with him. Jonathan and Hamiz had been staying at Enrogel so as not to be, now they got a little trouble here themselves, but watch them get out. You know, you get, you, get, you get healed one day, but the next day you stump your toe and get gangrene. You're going to get healed of that too. You're going to be all right. We, we have this all figured out. That we can get over a stomach ache, but we're going to come down with cancer. No, you're not. It's win, 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 win. We're going to do that. Well, they were seen getting out of the city. Oh, no. Arrangements had been made for a servant girl to carry the message they were to take to King David. But a boy saw them leaving. Oh crud to go to David and he told Absalom about it meanwhile they escaped to Bahurim where a man hid them inside a well in his backyard a man's wife put a cloth over the, cloth over the top of the well with grain to let it dry in the sun so they weren't suspected praise God they got away and of course they told David when Absalom's men arrived and asked her if she had seen these two guys she said oh they crossed the brook and were gone they looked for them without success and they returned to Jerusalem. Then the two men crawled out of the well and they heard to King David, Quick, cross the Jordan. Athithophel advised that he be captured and killed. So uh, David and all his people went across during the night and all were on the other bank by dawn. Okay, so they got across. Meanwhile, Athithophel, publicly disgraced, remember he, this was his counselor guy, when Absalom refused his advice, he saddled a donkey, he, he committed suicide. He went to his hometown, set his affairs in order, hanged himself. So he died and was buried by his father. Spiritual, isn't it? Not history, isn't it? History. David soon arrived at Mahana, and Meanwhile, Absalom had mobilized the entire army of Israel and was leading the men across the Jordan River. Absalom had appointed Amasa, general of the entire army, replacing Joab. See, Joab was with David. Amasa was Joab's second cousin. What do we need that for? Well, in a minute, this guy here is going to kill that guy when they all go back home. Anyway, and David don't like that. Anyway, his father was Aritha, an Ishmaelite, and his mother was Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, which, uh, blah, 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 social security number, whatever, whatever. That's because it's history, isn't it? Okay. A sister of Joab's mother. Wow. So he's going to kill one of his kinfolk, isn't he? Well, yeah. David's trying to, his son, his own son's trying to take over the kingdom. Anyway, Absalom and Israeli army now camped in the land of Gilead. Uh, when David arrived at Mahanan, he was warmly greeted by Shobi. Now, who's this guy? Nesha of Rabbah, an Ammonite. And Makkar, another guy. Oh, son of Amel of Lodibar and Barzilla the Gileite. They brought him and those who were with him now, come on. This is going too far. You don't need air conditioning. Yeah, you do. If you're stuck barefoot, you ought to be looking for some shoes. I mean, God's going to find you some shoes. Look at this. They brought him and those who are with him mats to sleep on. But see, today in the Bible Belt, stupid preachers, not the good ones, would say, yeah, but you got to... No. Mats aren't good enough. We need some cooking pans. Well, here you are. Serving bowls. Wheat, barley, parched grain, beans, lentil, honey, butter. No, we don't need no honey. Man, I want a Snickers bar. I'd be looking for it. I serve Jesus, praise God. I'm not on diet here. Look at this. Butter and cheese. For they said, you must be... <laughs> God. 
Does the Lord take care of you or not? Praise God. You must be very tired and hungry and thirsty after your long march through the wilderness. All right, here we go. Too bad for old Absalom, but that's all right. Great for David. Even though David's going to take it a little hard, but that's all right. And Joab's got to straighten him out, but... Main thing is David gets rescued. David now appointed regimental colonels and company commanders over his troops. Well, weren't these cavemen? David still got royal robes on. He's got a fifty thousand dollar crown on his head. A third were placed under under Joab's brother uh, Abisha, the son of Zariah, and a third under Ittai, the Gittite. Remember him? Okay. The king planned to lead the army himself, but his men said, "Whoa, time out, boss. Hold on. You mustn't do it." For if we have to turn and run and half of us die, it'll make no difference to them. They will be looking only for you. What's he got to do with it? I'm telling you, people's hopes are really high, even in you. And they see you are victorious. That's the reason you keep praying about your stuff. They're watching you. I'll never forget. A guy saw me about 20 years after I'd been in high school. And he said, Richard, I watched you. And your life totally changed from a 10th grader to 11th grader. And I said, yeah, I know. I was, <laughs> I was serving the Lord. Yeah. People are watching. Anyway, you mustn't do it. Uh, they'll only be looking for you. You're, look at that. You are worth 10,000 of us. Moses said that about you. Wow. Good grief. Amazing. It is better that you stay here in the city and send us help if we need it. Well, whatever you think's best, David said. The king finally replied. So he stood at the gate of the city as all the troops passed by. Isn't that something? He didn't say, well, sent man, he... I was watching it all. Now, this is... This is it was the German U-boats thing. I wasn't interested in that, but I was, trying to, I was watching something. But they showed a commander, and he was walking among the troops, and he was a German guy, officer, whatever, whatever some of those guys are. But I thought it was interesting. He's walking by the troops, and he caught one guy, and he dusted off his uniform. And then he grabbed his ear and shook him, and then the soldiers started laughing. You know, they were, they were it, Good report, praise the Lord. Morale, shall you say. Praise God. David's watching all these troops. I'm sure he was telling a few of them, you're going to kick their tail. Get your head up, you're going to kick their tail. Here we go. So anyway, uh, okay. And the king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Atiah, for my sake, deal gently with Absalom. Who's that? That's the son who's pulled this insurrection. All the troops heard the king give this charge. So the battle began at the forest of, at the forest of Ephraim, and the Israeli troops were beaten back by David's men. What's going on here? How can it be possible that David has enough army to defeat a whole nation? Well, I think we know why. There was a great slaughter and 20,000 men laid down their lives that day. The battle raged all across the countryside. More men disappeared in the forest than were killed. During the battle, Absalom came upon some of David's men as he fled on his mule. And here's where we heard this story. Remember, Absalom's got hair. It's huge. He cuts it once a year. All right. And it went, uh, it went beneath the thick bow of, some, of a great oak tree, and his hair caught in the branches. Yep, should have got that hair cut earlier. His mule went on, leaving him dangling in the air. One of David's men saw him and told Joab, What? You saw him there and didn't kill him? Joab demanded. I would have rewarded you handsomely and made you a commissioned officer. Now this kid's going to say, Well, for a million bucks, I ain't going to kill him, because <laughs> King David said, Be gentle with this guy. You heard what the king said to Abishai at a time. For my sakes, don't harm young Absalom. If I betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king would certainly find out who did it. You yourselves would be the first to accuse me. In other words, saying, Joab, you'd say I did it. <laughs> Enough of this nonsense, Joab said. And he took three daggers, 
plunged them in the heart of Absalom as he dangled alive from the oak. Man. Well, I tell you, Joab's got this dagger thing down to an art. He gets them all with a dagger. Okay. Ten of, his young, ten of Joab's young armor bearers then surrounded Absalom and they finished him off. <laughs> okay, whatever. Then Joab blew a trumpet and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body in a deep pit in the forest, piled a great pile of stones over it, and the army of Israel fled to their homes. In other words, the bad guys will actually, that had been lit. Absalom had built a monument to himself in the King's Valley. Good grief. Boy, he's all about himself. Did David build one about himself? No, if David built anything, it was about the Lord. For he said, I have no sons to carry on my name. He called it Absalom's Monument, and it's still known today. What is that? Again, it's a historic, mon- it's a historic marker in these documents saying, God, that stuff happened. Then Zadok, son of Amias, said, let me run to King David with the good news that the Lord saved him from his enemy, Absalom, which is his son. No, 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 Joab said. It wouldn't be good news to the king that his son's dead. Yeah, no, no, don't tell dad. Okay. You can be my messenger some other time. Then Joab said to another man from Cush, go tell the king what you've seen. The man bowed and uh, ran off. But Hamaz pleaded with Joab, please let me go. This kid was a sprinter, buddy. I mean, he was in the Olympics. He could outrun anybody. No, I don't need you, my boy. There's no further news to send. Say, Richard, why do we have this spiritual part? Again, there's nothing spiritual here. It's history. Yes, but let me go anyway. Finally, Joab said, go ahead. So he took a shortcut, went across the plain, and got there ahead of the man from Cush. David was sitting at the gate of the city. Look what he says. When the watchman climbed to the stairs to his post on top of the wall, he saw a lone man running toward them. He shouted the news down to David. David! The king replied, if he is alone... I think he says it's good news. If it's alone, yeah, well, if he's alone, he has news. The messenger came closer. The watchman saw the man running, and he shouted, Here comes another one. The king replies, uh, He will have more news. The first man looks like, <laughs> yeah, I told you he was in the Olympics. Man, he beat him, didn't he? Well, he took that shortcut. Ahimaaz, uh, the son of Zadok. Remember who that was? He was one of the priest's kids. He's a good man and comes with good news, the king replied. Then Amahaz cried to the king, All is well! He bowed low to the ground with his face to the ground and blessed the Lord your God who has destroyed the... Can you imagine this news? David's like, I am never going to (laughs) lose. Now unfortunately, something's going to break his heart. What about young Absalom? The king demanded. Is he all right? When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of shouting. I didn't know what was going on. He's going to say, but yeah, Absalom's dead. Okay. Wait here, uh, wait here, the king said. So Ahimaaz stepped aside. Then the man from Cush arrived. I've got good news. Today the Lord's rescued you from all those who rebelled against you. What about young Absalom? Is he, is he all right? The king demanded. And then, then notice what this guy says. May all your enemies be as this young man. The king broke into tears and went into his room over the, uh, over the gate, crying as he went, Oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, my son. Now, this is just like us. Because David's going to carry this a little bit too far. Oh, David's so perfect. He's just like you and I. You probably wouldn't be too happy even if your son was committing insurrection and he got killed. Okay, just watch, watch the emotions here. If I could only die for you. And David's going to carry this so far. Well, look what happens. We're going to stop here because this is, this is as far as we can go. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As the people heard the king's deep grief for his son, the joy that that, that wonderful victory was turned into deep sadness. 
Now again, this is not a spiritual story. This is history. And we're not supposed to follow the leader here and go, well, I guess so. You just follow the history. See what you think. You'll realize that David shouldn't have gone this far. The entire army crept back in the city as though they were ashamed. Been beaten, okay? Wow. The king covered his face in his hands and kept on weeping. Oh, Absalom, my son. Oh, Absalom, my son. Remember the lords who spoiled Absalom's plans the other day or yesterday? Remember the day? It's only been a day, hadn't it? Then jo- look at this. Joab went to the king's room and said, We saved your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters and wives. See, look how many people came out. And yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed as though we had done something wrong. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. Boy, Joab was right. Apparently we don't mean anything to you. If Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you'd be happy. Well, David wouldn't. You know that. Now go out there. (laughs) Come on, Patton. Get you acting gear. Go out there and congratulate the troops. For I swear by Jehovah, if you don't, not a single one of them will remain here during the night. Made sense to me. Notice David didn't say, oh, you don't know the Lord. No, David went a little too far here. But can you understand it? If your son just got killed. So the king went out and he sat at the city gates and the news spread throughout the city that he was there. Everyone went to, went to him. Meanwhile, there was much discussion and argument going on across the nation. Why aren't we talking about bringing the king back? Yeah. There was a great topic everywhere. Was the great topic. For he saved us from our enemies, the Philistines, and Absalom, whom we made our king instead, chased him. And anyway, that was a bad deal. Out of the country, but Absalom's dead. Let's ask David to return. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Let's do the time frame here. It couldn't have been three days. Then David sent Zadok and Abathar the priest to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you the last ones to reinstate the king? What happened to David's emotions and about Absalom? He got the message. He knew. Okay, I'll get over that. Just like his son, Bathsheba's first baby. He washed his face, ate, and got over it. Okay. For all Israel is ready, not only, and only you are holding out. Yet you are my own brothers, my own tribe, my own flesh. Okay, so he was talking to, yeah. Anyway. And he, told, and he told them to tell Amasa, since you are my nephew, may God strike me dead if I don't appoint you as commander-in-chief of my army. Amasa? Yeah. Oh, he was cousin to David in the first place. Remember, this was a civil war, like, like uh, uh, Phil was talking about a moment ago when that hymn was written during the civil war. These are brothers against brothers. Then Amasa convinced the leaders of, it, of Judah, and they responded as one man. They sent word to the king, come on back home. The king started back to Jerusalem when he arrived at the Jordan River. It seemed as though everyone in Judah had come out to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. I'll tell you what, a table spread before him. They're carrying him. They're doing everything. Then Shemiah, the rock thrower, son of Gerar, the Benjamite, the man from Bahurim, hurried across uh, with the men. Oh, what did he do? To welcome the king. What a, what's this? A thousand men of the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Zeba, the servant of Saul, and Zeba's 15 sons and 20 servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to arrive ahead of the king. They all worked hard, ferrying the king and his household and troops. Then they got them all the way across. As the king was crossing, here's the rock thrower. Shemiah fell down before him and pleaded, O Lord, my king, please forgive me. <laughs> forgive the terrible thing I did when you left Jerusalem. David's like, hmm. I know I've sinned. That's why I came here today to be the very first person in the tribe of Joseph to greet you. 
David's bodyguard, one of the top 30, he says, uh, may I go ahead and plant this guy in the grave? <laughs> Abishai asked, shall not Shimei die for he cursed the Lord's chosen king? Now watch what David said. Let's stop a moment and catch the history and catch what's said right here. Don't talk like that. David exclaimed, this is not a day for execution, but for celebration. I mean, God, how many things do we celebrate? Praise God. Look at it. Look at it. I am, I am once more king of Israel. Praise God. Now put your feet in Shimei's life there. And boy, you got a praise report right here. Then turning to Shimei, he vowed, your life is spared. Now, <laughs> David is going to tell his son Solomon, get rid of that guy. He said, I made a promise his life was spared, but you didn't. <laughs> Make sure you get rid of him. I mean, come on. This guy's two-faced for a reason. Anyway, now Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, arrived from Jerusalem. Remember, he was the one saying, hey, I, by golly, I'm going to be king. And he hadn't washed his feet or clothes or trimmed his beard since the day uh, the king left Jerusalem. Notice David's going, hey, buddy, why didn't you come go with me? The king asked him. Oh, oh, Lord, my king, my servant Ziba, I, he lied. He lied. Oh, Ziba deceived me. I told him, saddle my donkey so I can go with the king. For you know I'm lame. But Ziba has slandered me by saying I refuse to come. Oh, really? Really? But I know you're as an angel of God. So you do what you think's best. I and my relatives can only expect death from you. But instead, you have honored me among all those who eat at your own table. How can I complain? Well, okay, David said. My decision is that you and Ziba, you're going to divide it. So he had a little mercy on him. He said, okay, I gave all your land to Ziba, but I'll, you can have half of it back. Give him all of it. <laughs> yeah, you're feeling guilty, aren't you? Yeah. I'm content just to have you back. Now watch this. Barzilla, who had fed the king and his army during their exile in Mahanim, arrived from Rogue. Anyway, they came from Atlanta to Georgia or whatever. Okay. Conduct to get the king across the river. Now, he was very old, about 80, and very wealthy. wonder if it had anything to do with him serving the Lord. You better believe it. And look at this. He's 80 years old. Oh, I worry about my kids. You think this guy's worried about his kids? Watch this. David said, come with me and live. We're almost done. We're going home right here. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem, the king said. I'll take care of you there. Isn't that great? No, I'm far too old for that. Look at this. I'm 80 years old. This is like Bob talking like this. Well, Bob, you listen? I'm 80 years old and life has lost its excitement. Food and wine and women are no longer tasty. Women, where's that? Well, you know it's got to be in there. It says entertainment's not much fun, okay? <laughs> Look at this. I don't want to be a burden to the Lord my King. Now notice he said, just go across the river with, no, just to go across the river with you is all the honor I need. God, what friends we have. Then let me return again to die in my own city where my father and my mother are buried. Okay, he loves his mom and daddy. But look at this. He says, hey, here's my son, Chimham or whatever. We'll call him Charlie. Let him go with you and receive whatever good things you want to give him. Wow, the king said, fine, send Charlie. And Charlie will go with me and I'll do for him whatever I'd have done for you. Praise God. Now, who do we blame for all these blessings? You've got to know it was the Lord. So all the people crossed the Jordan River with the king. Remember, it ain't, I'm saying three days, but I don't think it's been but two. After David had kissed and blessed Barzilla, he returned home. The king then went on to Gilgal and he took Charlie with him. And most of Judah and half of the Israeli, Israel were there to greet him. Now, nah, here's some more bad stuff, but it ain't going to last long. But the men of Israel complained to the king because only men from Judah had ferried him across. Why did he ride in Richard's car? 
Why not? The men of Judah replied. The king is one of our own tribe. Why should this make you angry? For we've not charged him anything. He hasn't fed us or given gifts. Boy, these guys just looking for trouble everywhere. But there are ten tribes in Israel, they replied. So we have ten times as much right to the king as you do. Why didn't you invite us? Blah, 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 blah. And remember, we're the first to speak of bringing David back to be our king. Well, the argument continued back and forth. And the men of Judah were rough in their replies. Anyway, we're going to stop right there. Notice you really can't. Then, right then, a hothead. We're going to stop right here. But what do you think is going to happen? Continual blessings. What's going to happen to you out there? Probably going to be some dark stuff, some then be bright stuff. But you, no matter what you're faced with, you're going to go right through it. It ain't going to hurt you. It ain't going to hurt you. Mm-mm. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We know that Jesus is a descendant of David. Praise God. And that means we're brothers with Jesus. So he says, though, he's the first of many brethren. Praise the Lord. And he's our brother, the firstborn from the dead. And we just thank you. So, Lord, that didn't leave anything for, for us to do is we just thank you that if we're experiencing, if we're hurting our bodies whatsoever, you'll take care of that. If we're sick, whatever's going on, you'll fix that. If we're, if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. Look at that. Praise God. The, you had to bring all those blessings to David when he left town. And you brought them all when they came back. And the same, if it's not even that, something else, what doesn't matter, praise the Lord. Look at the range of what could go wrong. You'll get us out of trouble. And so, Lord, that didn't leave anything left. But for us to take notes and details and tell somebody, well, hey, this happened to me years ago, and God got me out of it, and he'll get me out of it again. And we can tell others about how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. Isn't that something? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hey, Dust, I came out here uh, oh, last Sunday. I brought my bud out here. I'll come back and get my bud. I'll tell you. It was wrong, man. You can't. 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 You can